here to see what you guys are talking they're asking me about <laughs> the thing about yeah the thing about predicting your own future this is this is a there's a fine science with this there's a lot of psychics out there who they get tarot cards and they try to read themselves you know and you know having intuition about things in your life is one thing i have a great intuition about my life and i go with the flow of my life my intuition guides me it propels me it pulls me but do i know what's going to happen in my life exactly or specifically in the next year or two hell no because i have an invested interest and whenever it comes to sensing the future the hardest future to sense is your own because you care about the outcome as long as you care about the outcome and have an invested interest it will get in the way of your sensing ability it will basically direct you or pull you towards what you want to hear what you want to see what you want to feel versus what is actually coming your way so it's harder to sense your own future even if you're a psychic and you're an incredible psychic it's hard to sense your own future because you have an invested interest so you will not see things accurately or um, precisely because you do not have enough of an objective mind to be able to do so the next level of that is family and friends. I can sense the future of my family and friends, but only to a certain degree, meaning that I don't really get to see everything the way that I would see with a client. When I'm tuning in with a client, I don't have an invested interest. I don't have, um, you know, they're in my mind, they're a stranger. They're someone that I don't have an invested interest of how it's going to turn out. And so because I don't technically care about what's going to happen, then at that point, I am allowing myself to be honest with myself, to be honest with that person. So this is why I always tell people, like, if you want me to be a psychic for you, don't become a friend. Because the more of a friend you become, the less accurate I'm going to be with your readings. It's just not going to be possible because I lose my objectivity and I want a future for you that may not line up with what I'm actually going to sense. And so I'm going to I'm going to fight myself in that. So you reading yourself is pretty much just not really the best thing and you don't expect yourself to be very accurate you might sense a few things intuitively but don't you're not going to be accurate sensing um family and friends a little bit better a little bit easier still not going to be as accurate sensing strangers or people that you don't have an invested interest in you'll get the best results that way so there's three levels of it there's three layers of it i mean you ask my sister my sister you know she gets upset because you know i, I can read for her in some ways when i'm like tuning into a specific question but there's a lot of things that she's like i wish you could read me better i wish you could read me you know because i don't see as much for her as i see for a stranger and so she'll show she has to go to other she tries she's tried to go to other psychics she's not found one that she's happy with just because she knows my my level of it and so she's like you know like ah no no why can't you read me um so that's funny but yeah i, I mean we already know like it's just not going to be as good as like me reading a stranger because i don't have an invested interest in their outcome so that won't affect my ability to sense things in a certain way that's pretty much, that's pretty much, I know a lot of people wouldn't be my friend. I was like, no, like I have enough people in my life. Um, yeah, but I, I, um, I always tell people like to people that you, like you, 
you have psychics and people i've had people come to me and they're like i'm psychic i'm very psychic and i'm intuitive and i know my future and i've i've been right every single time but i just came to you for validation i'm like you don't need and in my head i'm like bitch you don't need validation if you can read your own future why are you wasting your time and your money on me why don't you put a bet on something that you can win money on if you know your future so well like it's not i'm sorry sweetheart but you're just talking yourself up and it ain't true so no you don't see your own future you need me to tell you what you want to hear because you're believing something about your future that you want to happen and you want me to validate that and if i I don't tell you that then you're going to say i'm the one that's wrong i'm not really psych i'm not really tuning in to your future i don't know you're the one that knows and then you want to make it about yourself and it ain't about you it's about me and what i'm sensing because you came to me for the answer so you'll run into that so people who are psychic who deal with the industry people you will have people who think that they know their own future i can see my own future i'm always right okay then why are you wasting your time why are you wasting your money why are you wasting your breath just get on with your life then and just stop messing stop being there stop being there you know so no it don't work that way and so people who say that who they claim that they're psychic with their own lives that's bs it doesn't work that way because i already know by default through experience that the level of objectivity, the, the, the layer of objectivity required to do your own reading is not present, is not available, is not going to happen. So that doesn't mean we, we don't sense things about our own future. We definitely sense things about our own future. It's just not going to be on a level of like me doing a reading for a client. Not going to be on that level. It just won't be. So. <laughs> Thank you, Xtina. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I, um, I love, I love, um, it's funny because when I was, I had, a, I've always had a lot of friends and I've always had a lot of people to call friends, but in time and over time, I've learned to pull back my energy and focus on just like a very small circle around me just because it's so exhausting to be there for everybody. And it's, it's hard to be there for everybody on a regular basis. And I have enough on my plate. So it's like, eh, you know, eh. so it's just, it gets a little harder when you try to be there for everybody else. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Vogue article on you <laughs> who inspires you all. Um, another question for my Vogue article on you uh, who inspires you. Well, what's the question? <laughs> what's, the, what's the question? I didn't see the question. What's the other question? Um, that's funny. That's cool. Um, waiting to see the question. I want to wait to see the question. I want to see the question. Funny. And then you know what? And you know what's something that's because I'm prepping myself for to be on Instagram, not to be on Instagram, because you know I do Instagram lives and I do Facebook and Twitter and everything like that. But I'm trying to get my butt over into TikTok, and I, like I said, I've gotten up to 600 um, followers more or less. I'm trying to get to that thousand mark so I can start doing lives on there. But I, I go on to TikTok sometimes. It's funny because I didn't think I was going to like TikTok um, because it felt like, oh, my God, a new technology, a new app. Like I have to learn. I feel old because it feels like everything happens so quickly and they just do these things as if it's all intuitive, as if it's supposed to be like an automatic know how to do this. And then once I get on TikTok, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. So I had to learn all these things. And once you learn, it's like, oh, yeah, I got this down. I got this down. But one thing that I notice is a lot of people who are calling themselves psychics or mediums and all they're doing is getting on there you know one dollar question one dollar question and they like they'll like they either have like their rods or they have like a little like spinny thing 
or whatever. And I'm like, okay, what's your question? What's your question? Uh, are you and Tony going to get back together? Spin. No. Okay. Next question. I'm like, how are you psychic? How are you psychic? Like any person, any, any person can do that. Where, how were you psychic when you just did that? That's not using your psychic ability. Psychic ability is actually using the power of your brain and of your mind. That's just you. That's just a, a divination process, but it has nothing to do with your brain or your mind. You're not using your brain or your mind. So you have a lot of people who have this belief that being psychic means being able to know the future using a tool, but the tool is the source of the answer and it's not. The tool should maybe assist you in the process. This was Oracle cards, tarot cards. You know, it's like they're, they're, they, they use these as divination tools, but they're not actually utilizing the tool properly. And I know people who are tarot readers who they spent years studying tarot like they can go into depth about every single angle and aspect of that and they will apply it to your life in a way that is consistent and is accurate um mitch mitch is one of them my friend mitch is one of them mitchell osborne but then you got people who like all they do is just hey i pulled the card i'm gonna read the meaning and tell you what it means that's not being psychic that's just pulling a card and reading the meaning of the card and telling the person what that means that's all that is um and that's not being psychic so now if you pull the card and you allow the card to tell you a story, to tell you something, it's going to tell you something if you focus it on the intent of knowing what it is connected to with that person. The problem is most people are really lazy and they don't want to develop their abilities. They just want to be like flip a switch and be psychic. And I'm like, no, never going to happen. Like you're not going to develop your psychic ability by twisting caps on a bottle or by, you know, divination. To, you're, you won't develop a maximum psychic ability with divination tools. You might get good at being more sensitive or psychic, but you're not going to get to the maximum level. You have to focus on using the brain. The brain is the tool. That is the mechanism that operates the psychic part of you, not the tool. The tool is just a, a, a way to get there, but it's not a way to, to get the answer or to sense the future. It's not going to tell you nothing about that. So it's, I, I, it was, it was kind of irritating to me because I keep seeing more and more and you got these folks and they're just like, Alan, Alan, are you going to get back with Carol? Ooh, nope. Sorry. June, June, are you going to get pregnant by May? Nope. Nope. I'm like, how are you being psychic? That's like, that's not working. Sorry. And I know people say, well, like if you're using like the, 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 the rods, like they're technically them themselves are, some people say, oh, it's the rods. They're moving by themselves. And I'm like, no fool. Like the person's moving the rods. And technically you could say, well, the, the part of them that is being psychic might be slightly maneuvering the rods and giving them the answer. You could say that that still is not an impressive form of psychic ability. It's just someone playing with rods and saying yes or no to things. I want details. I want to know what that person is sensing about the situation. I don't just want a yes or no. And the other part of that, which is what I've told people about psychic ability, is when you ask a psychic a yes or no question, you trigger the activation of their ego. Because as soon as you put the psychic on the spot and you ask them yes or no, you're basically telling them you're either allowed to be right or you're allowed to be wrong. So do you want to be right or do you want to be wrong? And that's how the ego interprets that. So they're not, the ego's not even listening to the question. The ego is just hearing, are you right or are you wrong? So at that point, when you ask a psychic a yes or no question, it activates the ego and the, the psychic stops being psychic. They start trying to be right because they don't want to be wrong. And so at that point, it activates the ego. They stop sensing things and they start fueling the ego process and then they just start to guess and they go into a guessing mode and they're usually going to be wrong. That's why I always tell people like, if you ask a psychic a yes or no question, 
that's a bad that you're probably going to get a bad answer because it activates the ego and most psychics have they've had to work through their own insecurities and if you have someone who is not really good at that they're immediately going to flop and it's just not going to work so what i tell people is instead of you being asked a yes or no question ask a question that allows for an open-ended answer so if someone says are my partner and i going to work things out i don't answer with yes or no I ask myself a different version of that question. When do I see the relationship changing or do I see any major changes in that relationship? And then what that allows is it allows my mind freedom to assemble pieces that don't fit within the structure of the egoic uh, reaction. So it brings in pieces that may not even be a part of what that person's asking me, but it's still going to give me my answer. So if someone is saying, are me and my partner going to work it out? And I'm like, okay, well, let me see. Am I seeing any major changes with the relationship? And then I allow myself freedom to sense and to get into the detail of it. I start to sense a time frame. I start to sense a shift or a change. And then I also start to sense subtle variations after that. If I'm sensing like a change in the relationship at a certain date or time frame, and then I feel like there's nothing, then I can assume that they didn't stick it out and they probably aren't going to stay together. Um, if I am feeling a little bit of nothing and then something again, then I would assume that it means that they're probably going to go through a back and forth period or they're going to take a break. Then they're going to try again, which would be my response. And so I don't say yes or no, you're not going to work. I may make that determination, but I usually describe what I'm getting first. So the person knows what I'm sensing. And then I give them my assumption or my prediction or my answer. But I don't ask I don't give myself the yes or no bit because I'm setting myself up for failure in that case. And I'm much better at being a psychic if I give myself the freedom to sense whatever I'm going to sense, focusing in on the question without actually trying to um, give that person a yes or a solid no, because that's just going to set you up and it, it, it triggers the ego. And even though I'm really good at keeping my ego at bay, I'm so human and I still have to deal with insecurity at times. And so I have to shut that ego down as quickly as possible or it's going to get me into trouble. So this is the way it is. <clears throat> That's just precognition. So, uh, Miss Miss Rosemarie is asking, hi, Franny, random question. When we dream and then experience what we dream in reality, what does that mean? It can mean two things. It's either precognition, which is basically you sensing the future, your own future before it's happened and then actually having the experience or it's deja vu. Now, here's the thing with deja vu, because people don't understand what deja vu is. Deja vu is basically the, the, the sense or the feeling of like you did something already or you're repeating something that you just did, whether it's the day, the moment, etc. And what I have come to understand about deja vu is when we are in spirit form and we are planning out our life with our spirit guide, trying to figure out what we're going to include, what we're going to not include, what's going to be free form, we are, we are programming into our life certain moments or experiences that are necessary for, and it's the reason why we're here to get those experiences because it helps our soul evolve. So then we come into life, we forget that whole process. We forget ourselves from spirit form. We start to become a version of us in physical form. We become a conditioned persona. We become Fernie and then I'm doing whatever. And then I have a deja vu moment. Oh my God, I feel like I've done this before. Well, hell yeah, because I literally like not that long ago was sitting on my my flat spirit ass and, and with my spirit guy working out the details of some of these experiences. So yeah, of course, I'm going to have a moment where I like remember what I programmed in. And so that's what deja vu is. The thing about deja vu is a tricky thing because deja vu doesn't mean that 
that something good is going to happen or something bad is going to happen. Deja vu just means that whatever you're experiencing is meant to be. Same thing with alignment. You can use alignment of numbers with the same thing as well. But like my partner, I think yesterday he had mentioned, he's like, oh my God, I'm having a deja vu, mo deja vu moment. I'm like, oh, that's good for me because your deja vu moment automatically means that you're supposed to be having this experience, which means I'm supposed to be a part of the deja vu moment. So that means that I'm in alignment too. So I actually take it as a positive thing if someone close to me or around me is having a deja vu moment. <laughs> Girl. Um, Sanhain, random question. Do you know how you're going to die? I know a medium that says she does. Of course, because mediums, you know, are they showboat. They like to get on stage. Well, one of the mediums. Um, some people might know how they're going to pass away. Um, the thing about it is a lot of people who think they know how they're going to pass away. Um, usually it's based around their own fears, their own worries, or based around a past life experience. So if I have a lot of dreams of drowning, I could assume, oh, I think you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to drown and that's how I'm going to die. But that may just be based in a past life experience. That may have nothing to do with this lifetime. I have clients who are like, they are so afraid that they are going to die too young and not be around for their kids. And usually like nine out of 10 times when that is happening, I'm sensing a past life for the client. I'm like, mm, that's in a past life. You actually did die. You died of sepsis when you were giving childbirth and you weren't around for your two girls. So you're having, you're, you're getting around the age of when that happened in that prior lifetime. It's bringing up all that energy and you're starting to associate with it. So you're having this fear and you're remembering some of these things and it's applying to your current life. So that's where some of it is. But usually it's not because a person's going to die that way. It's because they're remembering and having a past life trauma come up and they're grappling with that and assuming that it's the current lifetime. Um, but that's usually the case. But no, I, I most people aren't going to know how they're going to die. Now, some people will say, I think I'm going to die young. And they'll tell you, I think I'm going to die younger. I'm not going to live a long life. Well, yeah, because, you know, if they're feel, if they're intending that, they're probably setting themselves up to align with an earlier death. But um, like my, my friend Chelsea, she would always say, you know, she didn't think she was going to get old and she ended up dying really young. Um, but she didn't know she was going to die in a bicycle accident or get hit and run over. You know, she didn't think that was going to happen. So most people are not going to know how they're going to die. So people who are like mediums and psychics, and you have to pay attention to these mediums and psychics because they're they're just attention whores and always trying to showboat but look at their receipts look at their track record because people who claim to be psychics and mediums should have a track record that's one of the things that i'm trying to like change in the industry which is why i'm excited to have the platform that i'm going to have with the show the tv show because on my site i am posting and sharing all of my hits and misses and even though i've got tons of clients i have hundreds of people who have done positive reviews about my services and their experiences with me, those are personal experiences. And there's a lot, there's, they're not going into detail. Like, well, what did I get right, girl? Like, Hey, you filled out the review. What did you get? What did I get? I want to know, but that doesn't help. But when you make public predictions and make public statements like that as a medium or a psychic, you better have enough of a track record or enough to back up what you're saying. And if I'm saying that I'm a psychic or a medium or I'm a prophet, where are my receipts? Where's my track record? Because you got a lot of psychics going around saying all that, but they don't have nothing to prove it. They don't have no track record. And a lot of psychics have a bad habit. Uh, a lot of shitty psychics have a bad habit of changing their words or changing what they said. And granted, I understand that because sometimes when you're thinking something and then you say it, you don't always vocalize every angle of what you're sensing. And then you miss some pieces that you wish you would have mentioned. Because I've, I've been there myself. Like, damn it, I wish I would have mentioned that piece that I was thinking as well. I just didn't think it was that important. But... 
I have a track record. I have a good track record. I have receipts. Go to my website. I have a dedicated page where I'm adding all of my, my, my predictions. And if I got it, I break it down. What did I say? What did actually happen? If I missed it, what did I say? What actually ended up happening? And I'm sharing both my hits and my misses. And a real authentic psychic should not be afraid of having missed a prediction because all that means is that you're a human being and you're just like everybody else on the planet. You aren't going to get every single thing right or 100%, but you're doing a good job because look at all of these that you got right. Look at all of the ones. You know, I was just, I just wrote a Dear Fernie about Nostradamus um, because a lot of people are like obsessed with Nostradamus. Like Nostradamus is just the best. And I'm like, did you actually, did you read about Nostradamus? Did you, did you look into Nostradamus? Because he sucked. Like Nostradamus was a complete, like he sucked. He was a crappy, lazy psychic who didn't ever develop his abilities to a level where they were dependable and consistently correct. And he, in, in fact, was a crappy psychic. And I wrote an entire article on him. And I know a lot of people in the psychic industry or people who are in the spiritual community are not going to like that. But I'm like, I'm sorry. But if I have a friend and they call themselves a psychic and they, they put out 6,000 plus predictions, but here we are 500 years later and the only ones that people can relate to or can say that he was right about are like 12, you know, and out of those 12, only three of them are even closely specific enough that you could relate it to the event. That's not a good track record. <laughs> I wouldn't pay that person for a reading. And so he went, he went as good as people want to think, but they, they think that because back then, you know, he had the following of people in nobility. He had a lot of um, fans that were wealthy people and people who had power and stuff. And you got that kind of a, a back, you got, if you got that, those types of people backing you up, ain't nobody can look you up. Ain't nobody can look and see what you got right or wrong. They're just taking it based off of what the person's saying. Oh, if the queen of so-and-so is saying that you're an incredible prophet, you must be an incredible prophet. So it's true. No, it's not because you haven't read his material. He ain't even published his prophecies yet. What are you talking about? So it, it gets a little bit you know, ridiculous. So you have to hold people accountable to their own abilities. And the thing about it is a person who really cares to be a good psychic, they're going to develop themselves and never stop pushing themselves in their ability. A pe person who's a lazy ass psychic who is not very good is going to stick to just the same basic bitch way of sensing things. And they're never going to push themselves. And when you call them out on it, they're going to get offended. And instead of being, instead of using that anger and feeling embarrassed to push themselves to develop, they're instead going to just make you out to be the back you're wrong you're you're darkness you're darkness and you're dark entity okay <laughs> all right you know there was a woman in our neighborhood who she's just like a pill and um and there's like a, the, on the next door or whatever she start conversations on next door the app talking about you know oh this cloud in the sky it's like a, it's a ship it's a it's a it's a ship by the aliens by the pleiadians and there's some of us who are more practical and there's a guy who does photography here who's also a star like photographer and stuff. And he just asked her a question, you know, about it. Like, you know, okay. You know, like, well, that's, th those clouds are known as, and he like broke it down to scientific terms and what those clouds are and how, how that happens. And she's like, no, that's a ship and you're the devil and you're evil. Like totally coming for him. And I was like, oh no, I'm not about to let this half heifer, you know, come down on him when he's just being basic knowledgeable person giving her practical advice and so i got in on it and i was like oh no let me get on this and i was like sweetheart i was like do you have any pictures or any evidence to support your claim because you're saying these things you're trying to come at him with it 
but you don't have anything to back yourself up. You don't have any receipts. Oh, I know you. You're, yeah, you're a dark entity and you're, 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 you're covered in negativity. And I was like, you can say that because that helps you to feel better about yourself. And you're putting yourself in a soapbox as if you have a rational, a rational, uh, reason to be able to say that and that you're justified in saying that. But it doesn't hold any water because I'm asking you to validate yourself. And I know in my line of work, if I don't validate myself, I don't have a job. So I have to validate myself and provide evidence. I need to see where you're getting the information that this is an actual ship. Did you, were you able to take scans of it? Did you get any color? Did you get any reads with the temperature? Did you get any shots or pictures that are really questionable? Because I went to Sedona and I wanted to see a UFO and I captured something on camera that looks like a UFO. I don't know for sure if it's a UFO. A hell of a lot looks like a UFO, but I I don't know 100% if it is or not. But I feel pretty confident that it isn't, you know, a normal craft because it wasn't there two seconds before when I took the picture right before it. And I know damn well that planes don't travel that fast. So, you know, what is your evidence, sweetheart? And so he's like, oh, you're just darkness. You're a dark entity. I'm like, okay, whatever. But at the end of the day, you're just regurgitating. You're just going off on people. You're not substantiating what your claims are. And you are just putting yourself in a position where it's questionable. And it's not okay for you to go off on this person when they're actually giving you information that is validated by science. So I'm going to need you to like bring that back to reality, sweetheart, because you don't, you, you don't, you don't got this one. So, and it's hard because you have to call people out and you have to, you have to make sure that people can hear that kind of uh, information where they, it causes them to think about that. Well, yeah, well, maybe he's right. Well, maybe, you know what? He's got a point there. Like, hmm. you know, like there was earlier today when I was on TikTok, I was watching a video and it was a little clip and it was this guy on a subway with a bunch of people and he was going off on all these people. Jesus Christ, he loves you. He died for you and Jesus this and Jesus that. And until you turn to Jesus, you're going to hell and you have to turn to Jesus, like going off on these people in the subway. And he believes that he is speaking from a place of love or he's whatever. And so people are just not having it. And then one, one guy gets in and he's like, could you just shut the hell up? Like no one here wants to hear what you have to say and you're pushing your opinions and beliefs on everybody. Nobody wants that. So could you just shut the hell up? And he was like, no, I care about your soul. I want your soul to go to heaven and blah, 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 and going on. So he went on this tangent and this other woman is like, yeah, but nobody here is asking you to care about us. Nobody here consider cares about what you have to say. And he's like, but I'm purporting Jesus Christ message and everything like that. And in my opinion, I was like, mm. I was like, look, I would have said, look, Jesus was an incredible teacher and he was very good at connecting with people and communicating his, his ideas, his teachings. And Jesus spent a lot of time trying to focus on talking to people and helping them through their issues instead of talking about himself and telling them that they should believe in him and everything he purports. And he was more focused on just trying to focus on the message, focus on the teaching. And even in one moment, at one point, you know, he was having lunch with um, the lay person, with people who, you know, were contractors who did hard jobs and who were not considered to be holy or to be cleansed in their, in their, you know, being, he was having just a little meal with somebody with some of them talking to them, mingling amongst them, talking about his teachings and so forth. 
And um, a Pharisee comes along and a Pharisee is like, a, uh, it's kind of like their version of like a priest. So a Pharisee come, shows up and is like, you know, hey, what are you doing associating with these people? What are you doing mixing with these people? You know, they are not, you know, and then they said they don't even cleanse their hands before they eat their meals. They don't even, uh, they don't even respect the Sabbath. They don't even do this. They don't even do that. And you know what Jesus said? He said, Y'all need to mind your own goddamn business because y'all do some shady things yourselves. Y'all don't question yourselves. Y'all require these people to go against the law that you purportedly represent to honor you instead of the law itself. So y'all do all kinds of shady things and y'all need to mind your own business and go and take care of yours because nobody here is asking you for advice. That was his response, his response in very basic terms. And so in my opinion, I would say, you know, he was a really good teacher and Jesus always approached situations with love and with consideration and compassion when helping other people, except when he was checking someone. And the only time he checked people is when they opened their mouths and started to impose their opinions on the layperson, on everybody trying to force them to acknowledge their opinions, their positions, their ideas. So in this situation, you are giving us the example, the example of the Pharisees. You are a Pharisee. And in Jesus, in this situation, Jesus would be responding to you in this way, that it is none of your business what these people believe in. And in fact, you need to consider your own position and you need to focus on your own life and your own business because there's some shady things maybe going on there that you need to pay more attention to. Instead of wasting the energy in the subway telling everybody what they should do, you should use that five minutes, 10 minutes of that built up energy inside of you. You should use that energy and there's a homeless shelter down the street and they could really use someone to serve some food. Or there is a, um, there is a, a, a school down the street and they have an after school program and they're looking for big brothers. You would really help to bring these kids and to spend some time with them and give them a connection to another human being because through that moment and connection, you exemplify Christ and you show compassion and love and you bring them to the divine. So that's the way you draw people to the teachings of a beloved one, not by imposing and yelling at them and going off on them. You better do this or this is what's going to happen. Okay, then that's what's going to happen. That doesn't make me want to be your friend or even like you or even want to follow your message. In fact, you just put me off, put me off away from Christianity. So you need to work on your messaging because you are not paying attention to the teacher that you are trying to push. You're in fact doing the opposite of what he did. And so you're not even the best example of what he was doing here. You're the opposite. And you need to look at that because at the end of the day, God's going to ask you, if you believe that you're going to end up at a pearly gates and Jesus is going to say, how many people were you able to convert? Oh, well, I was, you know, I talked to people in the subway. I, 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 you know, okay, okay. But how many people were you able to convert? How many people were you able to bring into compassion into love into experiencing that angle how many people were you able to uh, to to bring that experience to no no answer no answer because they, they that doesn't work it doesn't work and it's not the, the it's not the way man it's not the way so you know work on the messaging work on the way you're going to deliver that who inspires me the, you know what oh sorry i need to use power who inspires me the most um Oh gosh, I have had so many teachers in my life and I don't have one person. You know what? I, I think a long time ago, I stopped thinking of people that way, where one person inspired me the most. Like I don't have one person that inspires me. I have a lot of people that I'm inspired by, but there isn't one singular individual on this planet that I'm 100% like, that's it. That's the be all. No, like, I don't know. Like it, 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 
if if I do that, then in the moment, I am slapping God in the face. If I put someone above me, I'm slapping God in the face because what I'm saying is that I am not the same. I am not connection. We are not all one. And that that's better than me, which means I'm below, which means I don't have value, which means that has more value, which means there's a difference between my value and worth in this existence and their value and worth of existence. And it's a slap in the face of God because I exist. I'm here. And I have a right to have sim- the same value as all other beings. And on top of that, I believe we all have the same value. I believe we are all worth something incredible. So I try not to prop people up above me because it doesn't help me to achieve the mastership that I'm seeking to, to achieve. So I, I, I'm inspired by you. You, you're the one. You inspire me the most in this moment because you gave me an opportunity to understand something and to express it and to share it with people. So in this moment, you inspire me the most. Okay, that'll be my answer. You don't have to open no aura to be spiritual. You, I mean, it, it doesn't, that's not the aura. The aura doesn't have nothing to do with spirituality. The, the aura is a representation. It's like, how do we make the sun's light brighter to make the sun hotter? That's like the way you're asking the question. I was like, you don't, that doesn't work that way. So, so spirituality is not a pill that you take that suddenly you're going to be more spiritual and you're going to be lined up. No, spirituality is gained through the active engagement of, of understanding this reality and our experiences in it through a, through the lens of source of God. In other words, I exist as Fernie and I exist as source or God. And I bounce back and forth between the two perspectives. And in bouncing back and forth between the two perspectives, I honor and acknowledge the experience of Fernie, but I also understand and I allow myself the expansion of perspective from source or God. And so in doing so, I give myself an opportunity to experience more, be more, feel more. And I don't allow the conditioning or the opinions or the social norms to control or to prevent me from having a direct contact with the universe with source. So when you realize that you are definitely worth having a relationship with and that you are having a relationship with God directly, you don't need anybody to be an intermediary. And then you give yourself permission to be the most authentic version of yourself, even if it means having to to get through a balancing act to figure that out, then you're going to develop more spirituality because spirituality is not a title. It's not a state of existence. It's simply a process of experiencing things from the perspective of, of the one of all, and then of the individual and understanding that each, each has its place. Each has its, its, um, it's, it's, um, each has its place. That's what I say. Each has its place. No. Uh, Rhonda, 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 do you ever replay messages from spirit to a stranger in public that didn't ask you? No, I, I've, I think that when you watch movies and shows and stuff where you have like people like Teresa Caputo approaching people in public, like it's so disrespectful. How would you like it if a doctor came up to you and said, hey, so I've been looking at your skin and it looks really, really messed up. So I'm going to tell you that, like, how would you like that? You know, and I think that when it comes to being approached in the street, I, I, I want, first of all, if I'm out in public, I'm not necessarily looking to engage with people. Um, so I don't really believe in doing that. I think it's just really disrespectful. And it's, I'm not saying that there isn't 
a, a spirit or a message that needs to come through. I'm just saying my method, my way of doing it is I have an agreement with God that I'm not going to offer support or help to others unless I'm asked. Because I learned a long time ago that whenever I wasn't asked and I would offer it, I would get screwed in the process and the person would continue to perpetuate the status quo. So it served no one. No one. So now when someone asks me, that means that they have done something to shift themselves enough to want to reach for an answer or to receive an experience and they're open to it. So I'm all about permission slips and, and being open to it. I'm not about forcing or imposing my message on anybody. It's no different than the guy in the subway with Jesus. You know, some people are not, they're not looking for that. They're not even open to it. Why are you wasting your breath, your time? So I don't believe in that. In fact, I actually have a big issue with it myself with people who do that. Yeah. So um, that's a good question, DJ Glowworm. Um, question, why does it seem like I have more psychic experiences when I'm tired or sick, deja vu, for example, or lucid dreaming? So here's the thing. Most of us are so focused on re on maintaining a level of life and experience that there's a automatic control that's a part of the process, meaning that all of us, to some extent, are control freaks with some aspects of our lives. And whenever we are sick, whenever we are tired, whenever we are under the influence in, in a very early stage of buzzing, whenever we're high on a very early stage of that, whenever we are in, in a state where we're not as focused on the mechanism of control. Like we, it, when, when you go into, a, I don't give a damn, like I, at this point, I don't care. I'm just, it's whatever. It's whatever. When you get to that state, you stop trying to control life, stop trying to control your experience of life. You stop trying to, ex, uh, to experience things in a, in a chosen form and you just surrender because you're tired or you're exhausted or you're just there. And what happens at that point is information starts to come through. Whatever's been there this whole time suddenly has the ability to have an effect on you, suddenly has the ability to get your attention, suddenly has the ability to be tapped into. So that is why I always tell people like you need to like drop the control because people always get into this. This is the number one thing I learned in the very beginning when I tried to control the process of being psychic and I only wanted to get right answers. I only wanted to get accurate answers. I only wanted to get specific information. I only wanted to look a certain way to people. I only wanted to be a certain way to people. When I realized that that was a part of the problem and I just surrendered to the experience and gave in to the reality that I might be wrong or wrong or right. I might look like a fool in front of people. It's okay. If I sur when I surrendered to that and I gave myself over to the process, automatically it just flowed so much more effectively. And that's why um, when people are, are, are having, when you're having more experiences is because of that as well. Other times where people tend to be more, more psychic is when they're taking a shit because they're not really focused on a physical activity at that point. It's all an automatic process and the mind starts to be freed because it has a chance to focus on something else on top of what you're doing on the toilet. Um, washing dishes, people tend to like zone out when they're washing dishes. That's the time to be psychic. People driving cars, don't, lose out, don't zone out when you're driving a vehicle, but it happens, right? Because you're an automatic because you're keeping yourself engaged in something physical enough that it is using some element of control within the brain, but it isn't using all of it. And so at that point, and it releases some of the control mechanism and you can start to sense things when you're washing dishes, taking a shower, taking a shit, driving a vehicle, like some of those moments. And so that also is another reason. That's an, also another time when people tend to have more psychic experiences as well.